What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we are coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm Caleb Pearson. Uh, across the table from me, Mark Francis. Hey, how Mark, are you? how you doing, man? This is my first first, time. first sermon you know what I mean? spotlight. As we're okay, planning this, wow. I'm like, he's never been on this podcast with wow. me. He's uh, helped host and record other podcasts. Absolutely. But it's the, the powers are combining here. But so. I am not Marky Mark. You're so not Mark. You, he's the other Mark. Yeah. Mark Carey is Marky yeah. Mark in the okay, church. Okay, I didn't know uh, that. At least to me, anyway. I haven't gotten in trouble yet for calling him that, you know? But we'll but see. But that's before your time. Yeah. Oh, it is. It is. That's but a classic still, Wahlberg, But it's still right? cool, though. Oh, yeah. Is it Wahlberg? It okay. is. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. I've yeah. heard it. You know, I heard my dad say it once, and I said, oh. I'm going to say oh, it. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Making you feel old. <laughs> All right. Um, joining us for the first time, Christopher Yuan. Yes. Thank you for being here. Good to be here this weekend. Thank you so much for your willingness to. Be a part of Fellowship Bible Church this weekend as, as we embarked on um, a Sunday morning and even our Saturday night service together, uh, as well as uh, a multi-hour seminar where you got to answer more questions. Yes. So we thought, what better thing to do than immediately grab you and take you to a podcast booth That's right. and do some more of it. That's right. Um, have you been doing much podcasting before? I've done some. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think I don't, I don't have my own. A lot of people say, oh, you need to have one, and I, yeah, yeah. I haven't done it. Okay. But I've, I've done... Uh, yeah, podcast before awesome. audio and video. Cool, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, yeah. well, we, we, we've loved to do this for the church. It you know, gives us an opportunity to have a little bit more content throughout the week and an opportunity right. for people to normally write in. So just for today, for Sermon Spotlight, what we wanted to do is pick your brain a little bit more. Mark is going to kind of navigate us through some questions here, and we'll let the discussion go from there. Yeah, you know, just listening to what you shared mm-hmm. in the sermon and listening to what you shared in the seminar was, I think, critical. Mm-hmm. Uh, critical for the life of our church, mm. critical for the life of churches in general. Mm. And and we just interviewed a, uh, a member even last week where he shared a very similar story mm. um, of, of how he turned away from God. You know, he was actually a little similar but different where he was a believer going into it and turned away mm. from God and came back. And, and, I, and he was just sharing how growing up in the 90s he'd never heard what he called a third option mm-hmm. of either essentially you have to become straight, you have to become heterosexual, and then you stay in the church, or you're gay and you're out and you're kicked out of the church. Mm-hmm. There was not this kind of option for him, he felt, where how to live holy sexual mm. life. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I'm just curious, as you travel, as mm-hmm. in your experiences in the world today, what is your take on the state of our church? as a whole related to the topic of sexuality and, and and there might be some some good things there might be some bad things but what's your take on that state of our church and what are some of the challenges that we can address today well i mean when we're talking about the church i think it's you know a question like that sort of also begs the question of what do we mean by the church mm. because you know when we're talking about the really broader definition of the church we mm. see a lot of churches that are uh, even splitting now, um, right. you know, with the UMC having, mm. uh, I was surprised that last year that they actually affirmed biblical right. sexuality. That took me by surprise because right. I was, at least if it was just dependent on the U.S., they would have affirmed same-sex marriage. Mm. But uh, amazingly, the, the our, our brothers and sisters uh, in the majority world mm. spoke up. Uh, from Africa and hmm. Asia and South America and said absolutely not. Hmm. 
And um, so that was a surprise. So when we're talking about the broader church, sure. I think those are, you know, maybe I'm assuming maybe not we're talking about that concept, but I would say the church of those who are the redeemed mm-hmm. uh, is, is a bit more of, of a restricted uh, view of that because when we're talking about that really broad, I think a lot of these other denominations like the mainline denominations are really struggling with that. But I think a lot of that is because they've walked away from scripture and the authority mm. of, uh, and what the gospel actually really means. Yeah. And, but as we look at the church of the redeemed, or let's just the a title like the evangelical church. Yep. yep. I, I would say I, I'm encouraged to see that many of the churches are now going from, you know, we're, we're not going to address this to now we need to address this. And so mm. I'm encouraged to see that the churches are, are doing that. I, I'm also a little hesitant because I know some of the churches, there's just a lot of confusion out there. Right. Mm. What is the best approach? And, and I think some of the approaches now that, that are, there are other approaches out there as well. And, and I think some of those, um, are distracting or can be distracting away from the gospel and can be a little bit also like the social gospel about um, focusing on important things, whether it's uh, the gating suicide, very important, Mm -hmm. Uh, focusing upon loneliness, Mm -hmm. very important. But if the only focus is only how to reduce suicide rates, which that I think we should, but that cannot be our only focus. Or the only focus is, you know, how to be a better friend to someone in the gay community. Uh, that can be problematic, mm-hmm. and that just completely then takes the power of the gospel mm. um, away from the church. So I, I would say, if the church, we need to see as we're addressing this and seeking other people who are, who are addressing this. Um, is the approach as you listen, because a lot of it can seem you know good and interesting. Uh, but as you listen, at the end of the day, is the focus on the gospel, right, or not? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it makes me think also. There's ditches that you can fall into. Yes. There's a trap of a church being overly legalistic mm-hmm. in their approach, mm-hmm. or then we see churches who are overly uh, liberal, I guess, if you want to say, and accepting to a right. fault. Right. Um, you know, which which do you see kind of the the normative? And I, again, I don't really see many churches falling in the middle there. So yeah, kind of exactly. <laughs> what's what's it's, your sense on that? Yeah, I, I think it's unfortunate because I think it's it's kind of like this. And so it's, you know, you kind of go here that you know, and some right. churches just go, they just fall from one ditch into the other. Mm. And so I think we, we need to, um, I mean, it's staying on that that edge. And sometimes that's that razor sharp edges of, of being full of grace and full of truth. Yeah, that's something that we found in just conversations that both sides, um, whether it be someone who is trying to communicate the gospel to right. somebody who's struggling and wrestling with these things, mm-hmm. and that person who's receiving it, need to have an overabundance of grace yeah. in yeah. the conversation, mm-hmm. because so easily it can go down a path well, where the conversation ends right. abruptly. Just, we're losing the ability to communicate. Mm-hmm. We're losing the ability to agree to disagree and have any sort of relationship with each other. And I was just talking to somebody down in the congregation after the seminar, and they said it, it's a shame that we the world happened to dictate so much of the conversation about sexuality before yeah. the church could biblically say, wait a second, here's where we are. Yeah. Um, you know, mentioning the church splits across the nation, everything that's happening, the, the, the turbulence, um, doctrinally going under the hood and saying, well, wait a second. 
how do I answer these tough questions? Do I answer them from a pulpit? Where, where do we speak these truths? How do we balance truth and love? I think it's pivotal. And one thing that I notice as I work in the youth here is they're, mm-hmm. they're keenly aware of that, yeah. of the truth and love balance and the way they're spoken to from mm-hmm. up front or, or in a church setting. Mm-hmm. And it's defining the way they think about God, unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, you see it as a youth leader. Oh, yeah. But our, our parents seeing it. You know, I mean, right. I'm, a, I'm a parent of a ninth grader and 12th grader. And right. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, it, it, it's taken this mm. focus to mm. draw out some tougher conversations that maybe yeah. we should have had earlier. Right. So, you know, I, I got to think that from this perspective, from our congregation's perspective, we are enjoying you being here because mm. it has brought these conversations to where 400 people are at a seminar and mm. the congregation is hearing biblical truth on mm. how to engage the world um, mm. with this topic. Quick question for you, though. When when was the turning point in you kind of choosing from, okay, I want to get into ministry to then I want to take this to other churches, <laughs> you know, and, and travel the world like yeah, this? You know, it was not something that I I wanted that or I even sought out. Hmm. This, is, this is interesting because I, I know sometimes people come to me and be like, you know, I want to be a speaker. You know, how did you do it? I'm like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. It was yeah. really just word of mouth, where mm. people would come. Mm-hmm. And uh, initially, when I when I got a prison, when I got out of prison in 2001, that first year, people had heard about my testimony just through my parents because I had a hundred mm. people, really a hundred people, mm. that were praying for me. So these wow. are not, not only people in my church, but people through Bible study fellowship, and mm. these are people that were just praying for me. Uh, and they went to different churches. And so when they found out that I came home, sometimes they would invite mm. me to come to speak to their small group, you know, just yeah. a dozen people. Or I would go to maybe a Saturday morning men's breakfast at another church. Mm. Uh, so that could be maybe 20 men. And, uh, you know, so it was the small context. And then just word spread from that. Mm. It's just everything was just by word of mouth. And um, in 2007, somehow word had gotten to Kay Warren. She had heard that I was HIV positive. And then she invited me to speak at her uh, at her church. At mm. they had um, she had she was focusing on HIV and AIDS at that point. Now she's focusing a little bit on uh, mental health issues with her son who passed okay. away. But um, so she was focusing on you know having kind of this AIDS summit. And she asked me to speak. And um, mm. after I spoke, I, I went down in, from the stage of the church into their green room, and Pastor Rick Warren was there. And uh, he said, what are you doing this weekend? Because this was, I think I spoke <laughs> on a Thursday or Friday. And I said, at that point, we, we were actually planning to stay and to go to church at Saddleback. I, hadn't, I had never been to that church before, or at least the Sunday service. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was like, I, you know, I'm coming to church. He's like, can you share your testimony in, in Sunday? So I did that. And, and, you know, so it's things like that where just yeah. word, I didn't really seek it out at all. So, That's interesting. you know, I... Yeah. I didn't, you know, it's funny because while I was at Moody, I, there was three options. One was either prison ministry. And so I did one summer in the largest maximum security prison in Louisiana as a Mm. chaplain intern. Okay. While I was at Moody, that was after my sophomore year. After my junior year, I did um, an intern in, um, in South Africa because I thought, well, prison ministry, I felt like the door was closing there. And then I, the other option was maybe AIDS ministry. Hmm. And uh, I went to South Africa and I did a whole summer with my parents and we were doing ministry there on AIDS. 
and then God was kind of closing the door, and um, just God just opened the door. So I didn't, I really didn't do anything. It was that's, all that's, him going. That is uh, God leading, then. It was, and that's and exactly what somebody needs to hear if they ask him, "How do I become a good speaker?" You know, <laughs> right. like to, to see you author books like Holy Sexuality and the Gospel. You know, it's not a how-to recipe for success in public speaking. It, yes. It's I'm just going to write more about the Bible and, and how I saw it come to life. Mm-hmm. And then just the Lord opening doors of connecting people, you know, amidst the church. Right. Um, it, it, it's more natural. It's more authentic. And even you are probably at, at, at a state of, God, you are awesome in this. Like, this mm-hmm. is incredible. I could have never anticipated this. Yeah. Um, one thing I loved about the, the sermon stuff you did over the weekend was um, I, I loved the, the presentation. The, the, mm. There was some theatrics involved oh, in, yeah. in the storytelling, um, and, and your parents obviously play a, a huge role in that. Mm. What was the, the the timeline and process like for planning all that out with them and, and the, the moving to the piano and them taking over? Was that a, a creative process with the three of you? So uh, the piano part and the uh-huh. singing um, was not my idea. Okay. That Who, can you throw somebody? Some, whose idea was it? it no, it took some, uh, a lot of convincing okay. on my mother's part because I kept saying no. That sounds right. like a mother. Right. Oh, yeah. I was like, no yeah. way. Cause she I'm, has a good track record. I'm... <laughs> I play the piano and I feel comfortable with doing that in front of people. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm not a singer. Like I okay. never, I've never had any training. I'm <laughs> not. I would. Yeah. I love singing. I mean, I enjoy singing, but I'm not a. I mm. couldn't lead. I've mm. sung in choirs, and I really enjoy that. So I don't mm. really have a problem singing in front of people, but just not solo. You know, when I'm the only voice. Yeah. So mm. she. She twisted my wow. arm. Yes. That's awesome. But and your I dad looked that. like he enjoyed being a worship leader. He, he no, called the congregation to say, let's exactly. sing this let's again. Sing again. Yeah. Yeah. He did yeah. that really well. Oh, yeah. But, That's awesome. So that was not my idea. But, okay. you know, I think it was really from when I was working on my book with my mom. Hmm. Because Out of a Far Country, that book, mm-hmm. it was interweaving all these segments. Because... I had, you know, the book came out in 2011. Hmm. Uh, so I started working on it about 2009, 2010, 2009. And at that point, my parents and I hadn't really shared it because we we did it, started around that point. But I was just used to telling my story as one narrative arc. Hmm. Uh, just telling it, you know, just I was not a Christian, you know, then, you know, the the... You know, the dental school got kicked out in Atlanta, drug dealing, prison. I'm a Christian. You know, kind of, mm-hmm. so it's just mm-hmm. one, sort of one straight line. Well, writing is, is a book. You have to have chapters. <laughs> right. And each chapter has to be a little mini narrative arc mm-hmm. over and over, you know, where it needs to kind of rise, climax, and then right. catapult sort of to some the resolution, next. but still tying into where you want to go to the next yes. chapter. <laughs> so that was a big challenge for me because I've never done that before but um, Hmm. we kind of got that from there was a book that was out that was popular then called Same Kind of Different as Me so I don't know if you're familiar with that it was an art dealer whose wife had just passed away but she had gotten this vision to to help at a homeless shelter and he was a millionaire and he was like why am I going to this shit and he Hmm. went and anyway connected with this homeless guy that she Hmm. really connected with and he was starting a fight. I mean, he was just a rough guy, hmm. but she really connected with him. But anyway, so this story, she died, and she asked her husband, to, you need to continue this work of you know going to the homeless. And so he continued this uh, relationship with him. But it's a story about this homeless guy and the husband, homeless guy. So they kind of did that. And I was like, I love that. Yeah. Uh, it yep. was just so compelling. 
and it mm. was just so interesting. And because I tell my testimony, my parents are a huge part of that. Absolutely. And I was I was telling, and I was you know writing the book. I'm like, why am I why mm. am I telling their story? Why don't they tell it? Mm. So that was actually where that started, and how we're like, it, I think it's just much more interesting to have it woven as opposed to someone giving oh, their yeah. testimony and then another person gives their testimony right. and then another give their testimony and it's over. So it's it is it's I actually I really like uh uh storytelling and like in mm. high school I, I wasn't a really good writer at all but mm. uh I, I really like creative writing and so mm-hmm. I, I was really fascinated with the storytelling and I mean I think a good testimony it's telling a, a true story. Mm. Um well it comes so, through. Because, you know, as you communicate, yeah. as you share, yeah. you know, you're even giving the, in the story of being in the prison cell, you're looking up and you're seeing a scripture passage, but you're in a bunk bed, but it's a cold yeah. bunk bed, <laughs> right. you know, I mean, yeah. just sharing cold metal, cold right. metal. Yeah. absolutely. You got to enhance yeah. that, you know, yeah. make us feel yeah. like we're there, which well, I love and appreciate. The, the, all of them being up on stage and talking, it, it, uh, it alleviates the, oh, okay, I'm so sympathetic to what he's saying. I understand that perspective. But now I have to go home and figure out what in the world might the other perspective be? What mm. was the other person thinking along these lines of my story? Yeah. But no matter what, you know, the mother's in the room, the son's in the room, whatever they yeah. might be, they see somebody who not only resonates with what they're dealing with, but you get the direct, you know, match to that. Yeah. Of- and there's there's this really interesting story. Actually, I think that that might be the first time that we did it. Um, we were asked to do it in a conference, and it was mm-hmm. conference on sexuality. Uh, but the really interesting thing was, they had asked my parents to share their testimony first, hmm. uh, and that was had been slated for months, and um, uh, and and it was a little hard. Like, how are they only they're going to share their part, and then how would they share my part? So we kind of I helped them. Where you know English is their second language, so I hmm. I, I wanted to he- hear their you know their perspective, what to write, and I helped them kind of craft it. But then at the very last minute. Uh, and also, they only had 15 minutes, and we're like, how am I oh, going to share 15 minutes? So okay. the yeah. very last minute, God in his you know, yeah. sovereignty, uh, <laughs> one of the people uh, canceled. Hmm. I mean, it was just like four days before the conference, and it was a big conference. And so then they approached me and be like, can you share your testimony? But I'm like, and I said, but, you know, my parents are sharing their testimony, too. They're like, yeah, but can you kind of share your side mm-hmm. or something? And so what we did wow. was... Uh, they shared their testimony up to the point when, um, you know, where it was just like everything hopeless. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, my dad kind of talks about how we focus not upon God's hopelessness, uh, on hopelessness, but upon God's promises. And they right. kind of ended yep. it there. That's uh, cool. And yeah. so no one in the whole conference, I mean, except <laughs> for the people that, you right. know, invited us, knew that. And, and you know, so uh. they spoke in the morning. And then oh, I so spoke in the afternoon. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so there was a whole, like, there was wow. a lunch where people, Reflective like, lunch. You know, you know, people like, came oh to my parents. They're like, yeah. oh, you know, just stay in there. Keep <laughs> wow. praying. That's so <laughs> I love cool. it. And then I came in, and people were like, that was actually oh, really cool funny. that that happened. Yeah. So yeah. we kind huh. of, you know, modeled it after well, that. Well, on this similar vein, I mean, what you're sharing is the kind of the evolution, if you want to call it that, of your story of how you're presenting mm-hmm. it. When we have these podcasts, we interview and talk to the pastor who... He was prepared, but, you know, he only had one week or a couple weeks to prepare it. You've had years. So we typically ask him, you know, what maybe did you not get to Mm. in your sermon? What maybe could you like to, would you like to enhance on? For your question here, maybe what is a common question that you get around as you travel that wasn't asked in Mm. our seminar? Or what Mm. is something that 
that you really felt like, okay, what would be a takeaway for here for FBC? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think with the Q&A only being, you know, whatever it was under 30 minutes, right. like we were really limited with that. But I, I would say that, you know, one thing that we didn't get into was, uh, and we talked about this before, is this issue of gender, mm-hmm. right? you know, transgenderism. I mean, that, you know, with that's the question that kids are asking the mm-hmm. sexuality is actually it's it's almost a it's, thing of the past done. that like, sexual like, same we're, sex we're, attraction people have come and gone the only, newest thing on the table yes is, only the homophobes yeah. those mm-hmm. christians think it's really an issue yep. no one else does and that's the world so they've mm-hmm. moved past that so now that's it's gender identity it, exactly yeah. same sex marriage is one mm-hmm. you know they're just maybe working on some law things but in general it's 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 done it's mm-hmm. past so now it really is just this gender thing. And here, it, it's important for us to you know, begin with a theological foundation because the, the real issue is not what is male or female. The real issue is what is true and what is real. Because hmm. the world is telling us hmm. you think something and that's your truth. Hmm. You feel something and that's real for you. Mm-hmm. And right. no one has any right to say that you're wrong. It's my truth. It's postmodernism. Yeah. Re- yes. Relative truth. Yeah. So transgenderism is really, it's just the rotten fruit of postmodernity, plain mm. and simple. Mm. And, um, you know, so what I think, no matter what I think, that's my truth. And, and don't dare you tell mm-hmm. me anything different. That's the world. What does the Bible say? <laughs> Jeremiah seventy nine. The heart is deceitful above all else. Who can know it? Romans twelve two. Paul says, "Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind." Which then tells me I cannot trust mm-hmm. what comes out of my heart, what comes out of my mind. Not not to say that everything that comes out. I mean, of course, I can have a good thought. I can have a thought for God. I can mm. have a, a desire for Jesus, and those are good. But then. There are things. That's why I need to submit every thought captive to Christ, mm. all of my feelings. And that's the important thing that we need to realize, that truth is not determined by what I feel or what mm. I think. So if I can ask one follow-up question to that, you know, as we push into our focus even further here at FBC, we hope to tackle even these kind of topics. Yeah. And we, we are going to have a panel mm-hmm. where we're going to be able to answer some more questions a couple weeks down the road. And we might right. use some of the same questions that we didn't get to with you. Um, on that stage. But when it comes to identity, this is an interesting one because you can say for same-sex attraction, it, it's it's attraction versus action. Mm-hmm. You know, it, is kind of where you draw the line or where the sin takes place. For gender identity, mm-hmm. it, it's this kind of mental thought that, yes, today I feel one way or another mm-hmm. day I feel a different way and how you act or dress where do you where in your opinion would you say is drawing the line of that comparison of attraction versus action mm-hmm. when it comes to gender identity yeah what we have here when it comes to transgenderism is psychology over biology mm-hmm. we are making what we think to have dominance supersede everything including our body therefore our Mm. body is irrelevant it doesn't matter and we can actually change it Mm -hmm. to match what i think right 
I mean, we don't know of any other situation where we will change, like mm. surgically, irreversibly change our body. Uh, also take hormones, which we have, we have no longitudinal studies. Actually, we have more right. evidence to show that it is detrimental mm-hmm. to take hormone blockers and to take opposite sex hormones enhancers. Uh, we have more evidence that it's not only carcinogenic, but it's also has can produce psychoses. Yeah. Mm. So, wow. Um, wow. you know, it's we we are elevating psychology over biology, which is mm. very interesting because of all the sciences out there. Biology is really one of the most objective sciences out mm-hmm. there. People are surprised, you know. Mm. Is, aren't all scientists objective? No, absolutely <laughs> right. not. Right. You know, I mean, physics, for example. I mean, mm. you know, when you get into quantum physics, that is not very objective. In a way. You know, yeah. it is yeah. it's it's my very head. theoretical. <laughs> it, there's some, there's a lot of subjective, subjectivity and, right. you know, hypotheses. Mm. Um, psychology is a science, but it, there's a subjective aspect to mm. that. And uh, that doesn't make it less of a science or anything, but that's just the reality of it. Biology is quite simply you're just observing and you're just right. recording. And uh, so when it comes to transgenderism, that, that's and what as a, as a believer, and you hit this home mm-hmm. over the weekend, our identity is in Christ. Yes, mm-hmm. and so not in what we feel yes, or what we're attracted right. to. Right, you know. So Amen. you know, speaking to somebody who doesn't know Christ, the starting point is the gospel. Amen. Always. Not. Not the appearances, mm-hmm. not nope. where they're thinking of themselves, but mm-hmm. you know where not does behavior God? Management. Yes, mm-hmm. and for a believer who's wrestling with this, yes, hammering home still the gospel, amen, and their identity is mm-hmm. in Christ. Well, and just yes. the importance of you know solo scripture. You mentioned it. Amen. Use the the Bible. Let the Bible defend itself in yeah. the in these situations, in these conversations. It doesn't need to be a me versus them. It can let God handle that, amen. and 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 you know be able to to be confident in what you know and to to know is to read and and know, what does the bible say about this stuff so i can know it yeah. for myself and and Amen. be able to pray the right things and find the right verses and you know provoke the right thought of mm-hmm. instead of saying here's a book i got you to read say mm-hmm. i read it and i'd be so curious you know to see yeah. what you would think about it um and to speak very quickly to what you were talking about biology, I graduated with a degree in biology. Okay. Um, I, I always thought it was just so fascinating. I was motivated about the idea of diving into that study and then coming out uh, creationism. Like, I know God is in here. And I'm going to find him. Uh-huh. Um, the way people look at the galaxies and the stars, that's the way I look at a cell mm-hmm. under a microscope. I love it. I think it's great. And it's just so concerning to see the way science is, is leaving any sort of foundation of you know a creator and all that stuff and it's pouring into lives of young children yeah. and it's adding on top of this this social construct the gender thing the pronoun right. confusion um and just what we're seeing is and you mentioned it um during the service more so than the seminar but sexuality is coming up at a very early age pre-k mm-hmm. kindergarten yeah. these kids shouldn't be sexual at all Mm-hmm. No one wants to empower a five-year-old boy to be heterosexual and be a, a lady killer at recess. They mm-hmm. don't need to be sexual mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> right? They, they, why focus on it then? Right. Um, it, but it's it, it's hyped up. It, it's yeah. value, right. and of course, 
kids struggle with and just like you said let's not have the public schools teach our kids right sexuality don't let it outweigh your parenting your biblical pursuit grandparenting families yeah you know so i mean as we wrap up this conversation Mm -hmm. i I just wanted to see if you had any kind of closing thoughts any final words for either our body or beyond of just kind of how can you summarize um you know i'm holding your book right here holy sexuality in the gospel Mm -hmm. um and maybe if you can just give us one take-home thought um, from that that you just encourage us with? Well, I mean, I think it really comes down to the fact that, um, yes, the sexuality is and gender identity are very important, relevant issues that we're dealing with today. Mm. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the reality that every human being, though created in God's image, has unfortunately been impacted by the fall. Right which makes us then um, sinners by nature born, but sinners later by choice as we get older. And so the answer for all these things that we're addressing, whether it is sinful behavior with same-sex uh, uh, you know, homosexuality or whether it's uh, gender dysphoria and dealing with some uh, struggles with what am I thinking and it's not aligning with the way that God made me mm. or the sin will be able to actually begin going through trans uh, transition uh, those are really peripheral issues right those are really secondary to the primary issue of I am a sinner and I'm not that much different from everyone else because of that and as a result I just need Christ and mm. I mean I just want people to find comfort if you're if that is something that you're wrestling with, uh, you're not alone. You're not any different. The enemy wants you to think that you're so different. If you're a follower of Christ, you may think no one in the church understands that, and that's not true. There, hmm. uh, there are people here at this church, and yes, maybe we have done it wrong as the body of Christ in the years past, and we haven't addressed this. We have treated this as either one of the worst struggles or we've treated this uh, not as sin but as a disease Mm. but we're moving forward and uh, so don't do it alone if you're a parent I would encourage you also to uh, don't bear that burden by yourself and Mm. seek out others Uh, Mm. the worst Mm. is struggling alone yep Mm. absolutely perfect yeah, thanks. Yeah, Christopher, thank you for joining us. Yeah, uh, it means a lot to have you here. Um, again, you guys can find us at fbcva.life slash Sherman Spotlight or on YouTube. All the podcasts will drop later this week. You can take us on the go, and the HD video will be up. Uh, you can also find Christopher on social media. I believe yep. you had your profiles linked up there. So definitely you know, pursue this content, and you know, don't forget the word amidst that pursuit. Um, the fact of the matter, you guys, is that Sunday mornings are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love and God bless.